Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast and this is episode 13. I thought I'd do a bit of a deep dive into sleep and why it's important. Now most people know that it is linked to weight gain potentially if you're not getting enough of it, um, that it does help with our work, um, our productivity and our concentration, that it reduces uh, the risk of disease but it also affects our metabolism, which a lot of people understand as well. But that's from a, a glucose perspective, um, you know, with regards to say type two diabetes, but it also improves immunity. Um, that in turn obviously helps with reducing inflammation in the body. And another key point, which most people would know as well is that it reduces depression. So, with that being said, then why am I doing an episode about sleep? Well, I've read a couple of books about it, um, and I'll leave the in the show notes the authors. So the first one is uh, by Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. And it was a fascinating read, absolutely. And whilst I just mentioned those points at the start, um, and obviously a lot of us know them, it took a big deep dive into the importance and why and how and it, oh, it was fantastic um, and I learned so much from it and I then that was I actually read that a few years ago now um, but more recently I read a book by Nick Littlehouse on sleep as well um, he was actually a sleep coach for uh, the Manchester United football team at the time and understanding the importance of sleep with regards to getting the optimum performance out of athletes. So um, there's a lot more to the subject than obviously meets the eye, excuse the pun. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to do a little bit more of a deep dive in um, firstly, say the sleep cycles. Were you aware that you do actually sleep in cycles of 90 minutes? Um, and they're actually broken up with a period of non-rapid eye movement and rapid eye movement, obviously non-REM and REM. Um, why does that work like that? Obviously it helps with the brain and there's various things going on in the brain when we sleep. Um, Obviously, it's consolidating memory, um, well, basically sort of prunes certain memories and um, eradicates information that you don't feel, or the brain feels it doesn't need. Um, and, and it does that by transferring um, from the short term to the long term memory. So when you're sleeping within these 90 minutes, you actually start with your uh, NREM sleep, which is... Um, in slow cycles of uh, sort of about less than two hertz. Um, and that makes up about 80% of that 90 uh, minute sleep cycle. But then you will go into REM sleep at the end, which is the fast, and that's sort of around 50. Um, for the remainder 20, you know, obviously split um, of that sleep cycle. And as I said, there's a lot of things that are going on between the two different uh, portions of that sleep. So the, the NREM obviously is responsible for that uh, memory transfer. Um, it's also for the um, 
is where the growth hormone secretion takes place and also um, the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. Whereas the REM sleep, obviously typically known as when you're uh, dreaming, that's responsible for those new neural connections. So like, um, if you've had a particularly uh, tough day and you've been trying to solve a problem and the old adage sleep on it, well, there's a reason behind that because this is where the REM is helping you with your problem solving through the way of some of the weird dreams that you may have. Um, but also for neonatal synaptic uh, genesis as well so there's that they are both really crucial with uh, sleep and understanding that the sleep is broken into 90 minute cycles it's important to understand why you need a certain amount of sleep and the quality so what what sort of things um can you do to ensure that you're getting enough sleep well based on that 90 minute cycle ultimately you should be looking for five sleep cycles uh per night uh, which would equate to seven and a half hours so have you ever had that where you've set your alarm in the morning and you've really really struggled to get up you've found that you just wanted to get back you know obviously go back press the snooze button and go straight back to sleep and other mornings you've been awake before the alarm and you know you've turned it off because you haven't needed it that may have a lot to do with the sleep cycle and when you've gone to bed so one thing that would be a really good tip to take away from this is from this episode is actually regulate your sleep time and you you, you should anchor that with the time that you actually wake up so if at all possible, try to get up at exactly the same time every day, even in the weekend. <laughs> um, and that will help the body's circadian rhythm adjust accordingly. And then you would work that back to the seven and a half hours or those five 90 minute sleep cycles. Now, what happens if you a, um, say, well, I, I can't do seven and a half hours or... Um, you know, I can only do sort of four sleep cycles or actually I'm halfway between the one or, or the other. Well, then it is advisable to actually go to sleep on one less sleep cycle and and hit those full 90 minutes rather than trying to, to go halfway in, because that is responsible for that uh, grogginess when you actually wake up in the morning. If you are getting less than the five sleep cycles per night it is advisable to try if at all possible to take naps during the day now to be fair i've never been one that can fall asleep anywhere um dare i say it my husband can and i think um some people find it really really easy and some people really struggle um but it is actually really crucial to take um no more than 30 minutes though of a nap uh to to re-energize the brain um obviously reducing that fatigue especially if you're not getting those full uh you know obviously 90 minute sleep cycles and not getting those uh five per night but as i said like your body is regulated by the uh, circadian rhythm so whether you were um in a darkened room uh the body knows between night and day which is hence why you get the jet lag when you travel to the other side of the world because your circadian rhythm hasn't adjusted and it normally takes you know obviously three four days for for that to settle down 
But the circadian rhythm is regulated by melatonin. And this is actually produced by the supra charismatic nucleus in the brain. And um, it's the basically the signal to say like it's morning. Um, so that's why it's really crucial to when you do wake up to get as much light in the room to, you know, activate um, as much melatonin as possible. Um, the hormone and obviously get yourself ready for the day um, we, we typically don't have as much light obviously in the UK certain times of the year so that's why again it is important to, to try and get outside as much as possible and, and why essentially uh, we do need to supplement with vitamin D um, but then what actually signals you to feel tired well it's actually um, adenosine um, and that's basically the fatigue signal um, that increases the sleep pressure throughout the day. So for example, um, if you had it, had it where you've had the window where you felt really tired, sort of, I don't know, seven o'clock in the evening, and then by 10 o'clock, you're about to go to bed and you're suddenly not tired. Well, you've gone through that window. Um, and, and yeah, essentially, um, it is all regulated and that's why sometimes you can do all nighters um, because again, that circadian rhythm is, is working, you know, under the scenes. So, but um, it is definitely important to be aware of, of how sleep affects obviously the brain and um, it improves your long-term memory. Um, it helps with your motor task uh, proficiency so again a good example is um, when I was uh, I haven't actually picked up my guitar for a long time um, but when I was actually having lessons um, my teacher always encouraged me to practice you know 10 minutes a day rather than um, you know one hour once a week other than the lesson now was that to save my fingers probably a little bit but it was also from the memory recall for the brain and for my brain to be able to transfer those motor skills over from that short term to long term memory hence why sometimes you literally could pick up a song and start playing it at first it might be a little bit um obviously scratchy and and then after a few times of playing it you know the the motor neurons take over and you would be able to sort of complete that song without actually thinking about it um and that that is part of the brain that you know those signals moving uh from the short term to the long term but there's you know obviously so many reasons of why we need to make sure that we're adequately sleeping and unfortunately in this day and age we clearly aren't getting enough um, and that's due to the the way that we work now certainly in the western world um, the early start times are you know for schools um, really aren't favorable for uh, teenagers in that age um, as a parent myself you know it is one of those things of well why, why are they always sleeping in what why they used to get up so early why do they not want to get up anymore well, again, that's actually the body's way of um, the, the hormones establishing themselves for the teenager to um, 
gain that independence from the family and that's why their body clocks sort of shift slightly their circadian rhythm differs from that of parents so it's not that they're actually being lazy or that they you know uh, can't get to sleep um, because they've either been on their computer or that that doesn't help it is actually a, a genuine shift in their body clock um, and that's sort of adjusting for, for adulthood and and that will that will adjust again and change as they um, get older through like through their lifetime but you know we all know about sleep deprivation and and why it's you know so important that we do get enough sleep but why we don't actually um, give it enough importance um, but if I if I give you the, this statistic this would give it um, the uh, relevance that it actually uh, needs really um, if you actually drive after less than having four hours sleep a night it actually increases your chance of a crash by over 11 and a half times um, and and I believe that it actually um, if you if you've been awake for like say you've had a really long day at work and you've like put in say you know 12 14 hours um, and you've got travel time either side um, if you've actually been awake for over 19 hours um, that is classed as being cognitively um, impaired the same as if you've actually had a drink um, like if you're over the legal limit so you know sleep deprivation is a serious matter and I think it's one this is why I say that it's one that we don't afford enough time to um, we always think that we can do everything else but certainly from a fitness perspective you know it's not if you're certainly trying to grow muscle um, or if you're wanting to lose weight you know those changes happen uh, typically when you're going to sleep so you know, be, the rest days are really important. Um, you know, you, you're tearing down muscle fibers in the gym, but it's when you sleep that it's repairing and growing. So, but um, as I say, some people do really struggle with sleeping and it's, it's trying to get into a really good sleep hygiene uh, routine that will certainly help you. Um, and I, I have struggled uh, over time of, um, finding myself waking up in you know like the middle of the night and a, a few sort of sleep hacks that I could recommend that I think will help and certainly have helped me um, because I believe that it's one in nine people suffer with insomnia but you know again don't self-diagnose as to what is actually insomnia it could just be a, a certain period of time that you're under a little bit more stress but what can you do well First thing is obviously regulate those bedtimes. So make sure that you, you're sticking to a regular bedtime of going to bed and obviously that wake time. Blue light, that's a big culprit. We're always on our technology and uh, probably in the bedroom, still got our phones on. Um, and again, that's confusing the brain. Uh, blue light is a lot more... Um, well, basically, it, it, it it's, um, suppresses um, the levels of melatonin by double that of just warm light. So um, if you do need to be on your computer or your laptop or, or your phone, 
then you know I would consider wearing some blue light glasses um, but ideally you want to be uh, disengaging from your technology for a good sort of minimum 30 minutes but ideally 90 minutes before you go to sleep so that you're in the right zone you're doing the right wind down um, so for those that are parents and have had, you know, those routines with their children when they were little, it's pretty much the same. You know, obviously they'd have their dinner, you'd have a little game with them or whatever. And then you would start that that wind down of uh, going upstairs and giving them the bath, having a play in the bath, you know, then they may have that bottle or whatever that would be. And then they'd have the story and then they would go to bed. So there are all sort of sleep cues that the body gets used to that enables you to get to sleep. But the key part of that is the bath. When you actually have a bath, obviously it raises your body temperature and uh, obviously when you come back out your body temperature drops and ideally you need your body to be cool to get to sleep so it is actually aiding that sleep process by keeping cool um, typically in a bedroom don't have the heating on you know again that will be one of the culprits that will cause you to wake up through one of those sleep cycles when you've, you've moved into that REM sleep so so keep the bedroom nice and cool as possible but not drafty obviously <laughs> it's just just getting it right um, but what else can you do that would help if you're feeling quite stressed about work or certain things that you've got to get done, uh, try to write these things down. Getting those on a piece of paper, on a whiteboard or, you know, on your laptop or whatever it is, it's sort of defragging the brain and giving it some space. So try to go to bed with, you know, obviously a clean sheet, so to speak, that will certainly enable you to get a restful night. What other things could you do? Well, meditation um there's some really great apps out there like calm um, or headspace and that's one that i typically use now meditation it means different things to different people and you know it is about being mindful and uh, giving the brain some space but if it actually ends up being like your bedtime story and it helps you go to sleep, then use it, you know, use what works, um, gets the brain into the, the, the right uh, zone um, to, to drop off, you know, um, it's a really good app. Um, there's lots of different um, sections within the headspace which i know because i use that one i haven't actually used calm but i know that's more music based but i definitely recommend one of those uh obviously it contradicts to a certain extent obviously of having technology in your room um i wouldn't advise obviously to have it on through headphones but those are things that can help uh, certainly if you're struggling throughout the night what else would i suggest uh magnesium magnesium um, again is really good to, to rub into those muscles and get those muscles settled down um, if you've been overtraining, um, you could be getting restless legs or if you've been running um, and you know having a magnesium bath um, I think those things really really help as well so there are a few little tips that um, I certainly would recommend but definitely keeping the bedroom nice and cool uh definitely defragging the brain and trying to stick to a regular bedtime is really really key um because believe it or not 
um, insufficient sleep actually costs um, the you know globally two uh, percent of GDP. So if we're not optim you know optimally performing at our best, uh, we're not productive, then we're not going to be doing a good job. So to really be able to hit whatever that is, whether that's your training or whether that's you know having focus and clarity at work. Um, sometimes it's stepping back and looking at the most simple things of what you can do to, to, you know, obviously improve those. Now I'm not saying uh, <laughs> I've um, been uh, practicing what I preach. Certainly not in the last six months. Um, I know I was probably only getting about six hours, but I made sure that I hit that on the sleep cycles. So if needs be, I'd go to bed a little bit later. So I ensured that I moved into the next sleep cycle. And with this current lockdown that we have at the moment, that is certainly help, helping me to address uh, my sleep. So how can you use, you know, this time uh, through the coronavirus and uh, use it productively? Well, why not work on, on that sleep? Uh, because if you do nail that sleep, you're going to feel, you know, so much better both mentally and then you're going to be able to perform physically at a higher, better rate, um, which ultimately is going to make you be a happier individual. It's going to uh, give you, you know, well, you're going to just feel uh, the mood that you have is going to be better. Um, so less depression because again you know I don't know how long we're going to be in this lockdown for and um, it will affect our mindset if you let it that's the point but remember there are always things you can do and it's controlling the controllables so what are the things that you can focus on that are going to help you through this situation and sleep is a big one we all can improve the quality or possibly the quantity of our sleep. Um, so I actually put a post in my Instagram. So you can find me on NBE Fit PT. And the most recent one um, was on the well-being well. Um, four quadrants in there and sleep being one of them. Um, very similar to the four pillar plan that Dr. Chatterjee talks about. Um, you know, he's one is talking about nutrition, exercise, relaxation and sleep. And the well-being well, pretty much the same, but different words. It's connect, sleep, eat and move. So this is one of the quadrants of the four that you could be working on. And when you feel that you've got that now, you could move into one of those other pillars or quadrants and work on that. So in this time of uncertainty, make something certain and you'll feel so much better for it. Um, if you've got any questions, then feel free to, to drop me a DM on Instagram. You can also find me on NBE Fit. I've got a website there and the podcast will go live on that but it is available on all major platforms so itunes spotify etc um, and you can find me on facebook as well so nbe fit if you've got any questions then you know drop them through to me um, if you want any more um, advice or 
let me know what you want to hear and I will make these podcasts for you. Um, I think, you know, it'd be good to go through some of the other ones. I'd like to do some more certainly on gut health and I'll be doing definitely more podcasts with Claire Brooks that I had on. Um, But yeah, it's just trying to tackle a few things and maybe give a few pointers, a few insights on how you can improve your day-to-day life. So that being said, you know, like and share this if you feel that it's been of value. And please, please, please uh, write me a review on iTunes um, if you can give me a review. Obviously, only if it's good. <laughs> DM me if, 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 you know, there was something that I missed or you didn't like it. But, but if, you, if you loved it, then give me a favorable review and let me know, you know, because let me know what you enjoyed about it but also by leaving that review you're going to be um, enabling the show to reach more viewers and obviously it grows that audience um, i came into personal training later in life to help others and i hope this podcast is doing just that so as all to be said for now stay safe be happy and still go for those goals <laughs> <laughs>